A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to my Locavore Podcast. I'm Ros White and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced, artisan, bespoke and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food comes from and help connect them to the families who create it. Make good food great is the belief and purpose of Chris and Jodie Bond, creators and makers of Pomodoro's Fine Foods, an amazing award-winning producer of handcrafted balsamic dressings using Sunshine Coast local ingredients, which are perfect for cooking. So imagine this for one moment. Fresh and local Mooloolaba prawns, gently seasoned, pan-fried in coconut oil, and a splash of Pomodoro's ginger and lime balsamic dressing. That little something special to bring our beautiful region into every bite. Vavoom, perfection, yet simple, fresh, wholesome, gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, made in minutes. What is not to love about that? I'm delighted to introduce you to the creators of this deliciousness. Welcome Jodie and Chris to the Locavore podcast. Thank you for having us. It's very exciting to be here. Yeah, it is exciting for me. And your story is so amazing, but your dressings that you create, oh my goodness me, they're on another level. And can I just say, there's always one that lives in my house, of course, if not two or three. I do have a favourite, I know. I'm allowed to have the favourite, you can't. But my, my personal favourite is the, is the one I was just talking about, the ginger and lime. And uh, it's so versatile, you can almost use it on anything. But I am a bit of a fussy, I like cooking, and I'm a bit of a fuss pot with flavours. And I love that fresh, freshly created flavour. You know, I'm not fond of a commercially kind of produced... You know that sometimes you get a commercially produced flavour to it's a little to bit certain things. Dull, isn't it? Yeah, and so freshness is always best for me. Yeah. And so I've often, I've always been a lover of making my own dressings. You know, you can whip up a little dressing out of you know lemon juice and a little bit of Dijon mustard and whatever else. And until I tasted one of your dressings, so you've saved me a lot of time because now all I have to do is my go-to. So. Chris and Jodie, it's great to have you here. Talk about your glorious range of beautiful dressings, which I'm a fan. So how did Pomodoros come about? I think Pomodoros essentially really started with Jodie and I wanting to work together and run a business and work on our career. Our career in hospitality started before we met, but we knew we always wanted to be together in it and work on our own restaurant and produce our own stuff and create a, an experience for our customers in our own way. And we worked on that for quite a while. So Pomodoro's originally was a small cafe up in Mullaney. We moved to the Sunshine Coast in 2005 
and we hung around down in Malulabar for about six months or a year and then we decided it's time to start a restaurant or cafe and we looked up and down the coast everywhere and we didn't really find anything that stood out and shouted that it was going to be great for us and we'd sort of almost given up on the idea and we uh, then saw a small commercial kitchen available up in Mullaney. And we didn't really know Mullaney at the time, and so we thought we'd pop up and have a look, and we figured that we could run it as a small cafe, and if it didn't quite work as a small cafe, well, we could produce jams and chutneys and dressings and maybe go and sell them at the local markets because we had a commercial kitchen and we was able to do it in. So the cafe that we bought was called Pomodoros, which is a sort of mild Italian use of the word tomatoes on coral. And on coral was because it was on Coral Street in Mullaney. Hmm. So we bought this place and we started the cafe and it went really well it went very well we ran out of space within about two months Mm -hmm. and we did an extension and we just produced nice cafe food and with the idea that you know we were restaurant people really by trade and we started opening the evenings and we grew it into a restaurant so we opened a restaurant about four years later that we built and and then what that was you, Pomodoro's you, on Obi. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so sorry, Chris. Mm. Pardon me for interjecting there just for a moment. I just want to catch that. The difference between a cafe and a restaurant, I mean, you're a chef and we want to, we'll dig into your personal story and your background, but with taking Pomodoro's as a cafe to a restaurant, what's the fundamental difference between the two? It was about sustainability at the time. We knew that we wanted to continue our journey in hospitality and at the time with the little cafe we were doing a lot of outside catering for weddings Mm. as well and the sustainability of staying in Mullaney, growing the business, we couldn't do that where we were so we found this little house on a land that we thought we could do something with so Mm. but just going back to the cafe days you know with with Chris's Mediterranean style cooking he produced what we know now is is Pomodoro's balsamic dressings. At the time, it was called Chris's famous balsamic mm. dressing. It was something that we used in the cafe every day. And I think one of the locals said, oh, you should, can I buy some of this, mm. you know? And so we started bottling it up and mm. just selling it through the little cafe. Mm. So, Believable. Yeah. There you go. That's the mm. beginning. Chris, you've had decades of worldwide experience working as a chef and which obviously has influenced creating this beautiful dressing. Tell us a little bit about the unique flavours and the range of what you have created. So you've got about six, I think, if you've got six flavours? I think there's nine. Nine, nine. (laughs) Nine flavours and they're all unique and they're all beautiful and they have that freshness to them, that flavour profile. Clearly your, your background and your experience has had a massive influence, but... Tell us a little bit about your your you know your your profession as a chef, and maybe how where your inspiration has come from to create these beautiful flavors. So, the first time I tried balsamic proper balsamic vinegar, I was probably about eighteen or nineteen. I was working in London, and we used to make these really nice tomato shallot balsamic salads, and I'd never 
tried that style of food before really and it was kind of a bit more plain back in my family days where my mum used to cook she's a very good cook but it wasn't like making nice tomato and shallot salads with mm. balsamic and olive oil sounds yummy though, um, doesn't it? It, it was very nice and I was blown away by how tasty it was and we used to use this really not overly acidic 25 year aged balsamic vinegar and I was blown away by it I thought it was really impressive it was very expensive at the time. And, um, Balsamic made a bit of a burst onto the food scene at some point, didn't it, where it suddenly seemed to, I don't know, maybe it was just my life that suddenly it just burst onto my... Radar. Uh, yeah, of, onto my radar. and I think flavour. Uh, yeah, mm. and suddenly we're using balsamic with olive oil for, for you know, with our, served with our bread. And for me, that was in the 90s. 90s, yeah. yeah. And that's, well, that's when I sort of started my career. I think being you know, from the country in England. My idea of vinegar was, you know, a bottle of sarsens mm. shaken over some chips. Yeah. So, you know, that was really my... Nothing wrong uh, with that either. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't quite like the balsamic vinegar we'd be putting over Roma tomatoes that we'd ripened and peeled mm. and beautiful yeah. shallots. So really liked it. And so, you know, I moved on with my career, but I always kept in mind that it was really nice. Mm. Later in my, like about six or seven years later, I was working in Newquay, and we were doing about 200, 250 covers a day. We didn't have a really big budget for our food, but I was allowed to produce whatever I kind of wanted, really. And I wanted to make something tasty for the customers, and I was working on different recipes, and I thought I'd try making a sweet and sour, a balsamic-style dressing whilst making it reasonably priced instead of you know buying 100 mil 25 year old balsamic for let's say 10 quid i could produce a lot more by making a sweet and sour style dressing by boiling vinegar adding sugar and i was just doing it as a plain sort of caramelized dressing to start with and then i carried on doing that and i used Mm. that on baking vegetables Mm. and using it on salads because it would caramelize vegetables nicely and just add flavor and color so i carried on doing that for a couple more jobs and then when we finally owned our own cafe and people were interested in actually buying it because i was using it on salads people were saying oh how tasty it was can i please buy a bottle so you know being a very small business at the time you you know you sort of bend to people's whims and so i was buying i think maybe like six or seven bottles at a time to fill Mm. which seems crazy now (laughs) Because I buy, you know, two and a half thousand, you know, buy a pallet at a time and get through it in a couple of months. And Mm. so, you know, we'd probably, you know, every month or so buy five or six more bottles to fill for people. And Mm. so... What was your first commercial flavour you released? That would be the Chris is Famous at the time or what would now be called the caramelised balsamic dressing. So very versatile, really fantastic with tomatoes, more classical and sort of Italian style balsamic. Great for roasting vegetables with. You can add it to bolognese. So if you're roasting vegetables, at what part of the cooking process would you add it? So... Depends on what vegetables you're yeah. and how long they're going to take. So within the last 20 minutes of being in the oven, because otherwise it will dehydrate and start to carbonise, but 
usually, you know, if you're going to roast some eggplant or zucchini, capsicums, they only take about 20 minutes or so yeah. in the oven anyway. So a little bit of olive oil, some of the balsamic dressing, a little touch of salt and Mm-mm-mm. 20 minutes, 200 about, degrees. Um, you know, if you were doing a Sunday roast and you wanted to put a spin on your potato, pumpkin, carrots, sweet potato yeah, and, you know, to, to complement the beautiful slow roasted lamb or whatever, would that be an application or, or a way that you could give it a little bit of local flavour, a bit yeah, of zing? Yeah, so like the last 15, 20 minutes that they're in the oven would be great. And with lamb, a different flavour, the honey, rosemary and apple is really good. It's mm. just, it just seems to sort of cut the longer, deeper flavours and the fat of the mm. lamb or pork mm. and it goes really well. So, so you put it on the lamb or on the pork? Yeah, I'd do it afterwards. Yeah, uh, so as a dressing after after it's cooked? Yeah. As a, yeah, like yeah. pour it over or as a, as a side? Pour it over. Pour it over so and I'd let slice the, it, the warmth... Splash a bit over, over the top and Ooh, then serve yummy. it. And we were doing that at the restaurant a lot so for years. Yes. Goodness, yeah. we could keep talking forever. Yes, he's very passionate about wow. the product yeah. and the food. So. I, can, yeah, I, I don't get to talk to people often. About <laughs> ah, <laughs> well, you're doing a great job now inspiring us all. Jodie, just to bring you into the conversation yes. here, and, you know, Chris is the chef and you yes. play a vital role as well in the business. Mm. Um, but let's just go back now to you and your childhood and, and you know, where you grew up and... and you know, your journey in life, your family and how you got here, where you Mm, are now. Interesting. So my family's always been up and down the east coast of Queensland. Mum and Dad have always been in the building industry. So they travelled and had to go where the work was growing up. I can remember doing correspondence school. Ah, Uh, I did too. Yes, did you? did, Did you do it through Montague Road? I cannot remember, to be honest. Goodness, wow. So, so um, why why did you do correspondence Correspondence, school? we lived in caravans quite a bit. Yeah. As I said, you know, growing up, mum and dad had to go where the work was yeah, right. at the time. So you're dad. quite transient. So you yes. Were, so, so what years was that of your life? That was probably maybe kindergarten and grade what? two. So, oh, so yeah. Yeah, so I don't remember a lot of it. Of course, yeah. And I think I went through... About six schools yeah, right. from kindergarten to grade two. Yeah, that's shifting around we, a bit, isn't it? Yes. Mm. And so making friends and that, yeah. you know, it was quite difficult, I can mm. remember. But I think we ended up in Rosewood. Oh, yes. Near Ipswich. Yeah, sure, yeah. So, and I can remember actually asking mum, like, at the end of term one or two or whatever of school, I said, oh, so where are we off to now? Mm. You know, I can remember sort of yeah. saying that. Expecting it. Expecting it. They said, no, we're going to stay. Mm. So we were there a number of years mm. until mum and dad decided to reside on the Sunshine Coast. Wow. Beautiful. So Mountain Creek, Mooloolabar mm. area and growing up in my teens mm. there on the Sunshine Coast. And so how did you and Chris meet? So Because, Chris, you grew up yeah. in... In England. In England. Yeah, no, in the southwest, so Dorset. So in sort of cider country down there. Yeah. Yeah. So here you have this gorgeous Jodie, who's the love of your life, here on the Sunshine Coast, growing up and spending her teenage years in fabulous Mooloolaba where you come back to. But there must be a – there's, and you're on the other side of the world living your life – so how did you two come together and where did the connection happen? Well, I was working – 
probably when I was 19, I was working at the Sheraton in Port Douglas. So I started my hospitality journey there, I guess, working in room service and working in the two restaurants that they had there. But I knew I wanted to do something else. I knew I wanted to travel. My grandfather on my mum's side was born in Portsmouth in England. Mm. And so there was a connection to England there already. So it was time for me to fly the coop, Mm. so to speak. (laughs) And I got a visa and travelled off to London, basically on my own. So I don't think mum and dad were very pleased at the time. Mm. (laughs) But (laughs) that was my journey. That's what I needed to do. So basically with those sort of bigger companies... You can get a transfer anywhere in the world if you've worked there for a period of time. Mm. So I think I was there maybe about 18 months, two years in Port Douglas. And so I ended up getting a transfer over to London Knightsbridge. There you go. And just started my way up. I started as a commie. You know, just what's a commie? Commie is basically just delivering food on a tray to the table, and okay. then another server would right. find dining so five star, stuff. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So that's yep. where my hospitality journey really began, mm. and. Chris obviously was working in the same hotel, so working as a head pastry chef there Mm. and we just got to know each other through working together. Beautiful. And the rest Mm. is history. It is. So you have children? Yes, we have two girls. And were the girls born in England or here? No, here in Australia. Okay. So where did they come along in the journey? If you landed in 2005 and then you went into the cafe, you must have been then rearing children through all that too. Yes. Well, our firstborn, Emma, she was born in 2009. Nine. So we was about three years into Pomodoro's on Coral at the yeah. time. It was a mm. four-year journey in that place. So that made things busy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Goodness. But there's never a, a right time to mm. have, or good time to have yeah. children. An easy you just, time. An easy you just time. integrate <laughs> them into whatever your life is, exactly. don't you? They're part we, of... we always said, oh, they'll just, you know, work in with us. Of course. You know, yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's a... It's, muddle along. Which is yeah. <laughs> muddle along, I know. <laughs> Sometimes you do feel like that, you don't do. you? But anyway, they seem to come along the journey and adapt, don't they? Yeah. And they just fit in somehow or another. You just make it work. We do, yeah. And I I do, you know, as Chris and I were both working in the cafe, in the restaurant, you know, Chris, chef, myself, front of house, it was difficult raising the kids, you know. I think always that mother guilt creeps in a little bit. But we had some beautiful nannies that looked after the children. That's good. Uh, Because my mum and dad, you know, they like to travel a little bit Mm. as well. So they weren't always around to to look after the girls. But the relationship that the girls now have Mm. with the ladies who looked after them is just beautiful. Yeah. Yes, I can. I can so relate that, to that. So that guilt just then goes away, yeah, basically. Yeah, because mm. there's yeah, nothing. Got friends for life. Yes, they? they do. So, yes, yeah. nothing more precious than our children. Yeah. And so, if they're in somebody's care, they have to be pretty special, don't yes, they? Yes, absolutely. And, and it's a lovely bond. Yes, it um, is. That happens sometimes. Yes, and so we're still in contact with them. One mm. lives locally, still in Mullaney. Beautiful. And the other one's up in Cairns, but. Always yeah. still in contact. That's so lovely. Them, so. Yeah, become your other family, don't they? They yeah. do. Yeah. So Pomodoros has been around since 2008. So the product. Cafe was 2006. 2006. 
And then you were there three or four years. Four years. And then you went to Pomodoros on Obi, yes. Yes. Uh, which is on Obi Obi Creek. Yes. Yep. And, but that was that was a restaurant. But there was also where, – where did the dressing start to really – kind of take off. So you, I think you first stocked them at IGA at Mulaney, didn't Mulaney, you, with Robbie yeah, Outridge? Yeah, with Rob yeah. in 2012. Were they Chris's then? They, or? they were Chris's yeah, famous Chris's, balsamic. Yeah, yeah. and then where did that, how did you get onto that trajectory of growth and, you know, you've, you you sort of growth in, in lots of different ways yes. because you, you're growing the Pomodoro's business from cafe to restaurant. I think there was accommodation mm-hmm. and then Pomodoro's dressings was also having its own, you know, creating its own story. So talk me through a little bit about, you know, that transition, that growth phase and what the challenges were and how it's all sort of come to where it is now, which is... A lot of hard work and (laughs) (laughs) blood, sweat and tears, (laughs) basically. It's never easy in business, as you know, Ros. So we've always been told in business, you know, you've got to have your fingers in a few different pies, especially in small business, Mm. to make it work. I think we had our fingers in too many pies at some point because we didn't have enough energy to put into one business. So we did have the accommodation, the restaurant, the weddings and obviously Pomodoro's balsamic dressings. We had great staff to help us along our journey. At points, we did have a sales rep to help Mm. us. She was with us maybe two or three years. Mm. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. But I think in that sort of time period, that's where the growth, most of the growth happened for our Pomodoros. Yeah, about 2015, Mm. 2016. Mm. It really started to expand. What was the thing that put you on that expansion trajectory? Where did that success come from and, you know, how did you set that up? Good question. I think we expanded our range because we originally started with just the one flavour and then when we got into Mulaney IGA, we had three flavours, which were the caramelised orange vincotto, which is an orange and port added to the balsamic dressing to give it a real zesty sort of flavour. But kind of sweet in tone and then the ginger and lime was a more sort of asian style and a much more zesty and having the three bottles on a shelf looks better than just one flavor yes of course and so you've got the variety and there's a bit more choice Mm. and there's more you know people can see it easier Mm. so with our branding you know big bright colors on the bottles looks good and i love the bottles Mm. i've got to say because they are they're like a, a chef's. You feel like you're a chef when you're cooking with them. Yes. You know, you get that little squeezy bottle with that. I know you have the glass yes. ones as well, mm. and you have the beautiful little gift packs, which you get the small, which is a great mm. offer for people, particularly if they want to try all the flavours. But also, it's a gorgeous gift pack because yes. they're quality dressings, and you and you package them beautifully. So they are, they would be a beautiful gift. They are, and also, and so you have your glass, tall glass bottles. You have your little ones, and then, but I love the squishy ones. Yes, the I kitchen. like those ones too. Yeah. <laughs> so you came to Whiteside, yeah, which we're absolutely yes. very excited about. And you across our six stores now and you're just a key, you know, one of our key suppliers. And, yeah. you know, it's I think the more people it, we can introduce customers and people to your product, you know, it just 
takes on its own life because once you taste the dressing, you're never going back, are you? No, and that's the thing. We have done a lot of festivals, not so much markets, but definitely those food festivals that, you know, our product does sell mm. when people taste it. Yep, totally. So as soon as they taste it, they go, yes, I can see myself having mm. it on strawberries or salads. Or well, whatever, my so. favourite mm. is, and Chris, I want to know what your favourite is, but I, yeah, as you know, I'm quite partial to the ginger and lime dressing. Yes. I know, it's my favourite. Yeah. Beautiful little bit of like some fresh rocket, some fresh tomatoes, some seared scallops, some feta cheese and a drizzle of that ginger and lime. That sounds pretty good. That's making yep. me hungry. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's a little dish I do. It just it's, ties it together, doesn't it? Mm. The dressing just brings them all, you know, into a nice mouthful. What's your favourite? How would you oh, say I'm, I'm a bit torn between sort of free at the moment. My favourite would be, at the moment, the lemon and thyme, I think. I'm and just... how, how would you use it? Tantalise my taste buds yeah. with a fabulous recipe by Chris Bond. Oh, I'm trying to think of something nice. I just seem to splash it around on uh, quite a few things. At the moment, we seem to be eating quite a bit of stir-fry rice. Mm. which is essentially, you know, more sort of Asian in style, but the lemon and thyme just seems to really go well with it. And we just do a nice piece of salmon and some greens and a little bit of stir-fry rice and you splash a bit of that over the top and on the side and it just comes together really well. Less it roasts me. fantastically with food, with carrots or with eggplant, and it's lovely, but, you know, it's just goes over everything. I think in, you know, we were having a conversation earlier about, you know, clean eating, clean food and busy lifestyles and trying to eat fresh and local is best because you're eating seasonal produce, grown local, you know, it's climate friendly. This is part of our local philosophy and it's quality, fresher eating. But also on top of that, busy families wanting to get a nutritious meal on the, on the table, but in the shortest amount of time. And it really is just simple ingredients, isn't it? And there's a trend towards, you know, lifestyle and health and keeping the ingredients really simple, clean eating, fresh, good, wholesome food, but then just having this little something, the simple process or simple addition, which really just brings the entire meal alive, doesn't it? Yes. And that's just keep it simple, isn't it? That's yeah. just a, and then using quality products like what your beautiful dressing that just go vroom, yeah. take we've it to had, the next level. We've had so many comments from our, our customers that my husband's eating more salads or, you know, yeah. things like that. Because so. some people are salad dodgers and once yes. upon a time I reckon I might have been, but now I absolutely love fresh, just beautiful fresh food and, you know, or salads and you can... You can bring the old humble old iceberg alive, can't you? Mm. With just the <laughs> <laughs> splush of the you good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I know you've got some. There's more to the story yet. You guys are really just sort of. You're really getting cracking now, aren't you? You know, you've we made are. a really good foundation. You've got a fabulous range of products, and you've. But you've had some recent changes, and you've got some exciting new plans. Are you able to reveal? Well, at this stage, we're, we're, we've got the obviously the accommodation. When COVID hit, we had to close the restaurant, unfortunately. Mm. So that hit us quite hard, but we had to make that hard decision. So it's now we did some renovations and it's all accommodation. So we still run and manage that at this stage. Mm. Fingers crossed it won't be too long. It is on the market. Mm. So 
we are so excited that we can now 110% put all of our energy into our Pomodoro's Fine Foods brand. We do have a new space down in Landsborough, which is very exciting. There, is there a shop front to the space or is it just pure production? Pure production yep. and warehouse and space. And why Landsborough? We're, but you love the hinterland, don't you? Because we still live in Mullaney. Yep. We'll never leave. I mm. think our kids obviously go to school mm. and we don't want to take them out of school, obviously. And of course, it's a beautiful yeah. community up there. Yeah, it is. Landsborough, for us, for us to grow the business, it just seemed a perfect fit mm. in terms of ease of transport. Yep. We took on a distributor probably about four or five years ago, and mm-hmm. they are about to do a national rollout. Mm. So production will be scaling up. Excellent. And so Landsborough just seemed the perfect fit for us mm. and our, our business. Beautiful. So do you use the rail or how do you get distribution? Just the trucks. Trucks. Yep. The cross docking in you know Brisbane or through your mm. distrib- distributor. Yes. Where is the product going now? You, how far wide have you have you gone with your product? Where is where is it available now? And what is the future? The future very soon, hopefully by April in Richie's IGA. Oh yeah, fantastic! So, That's huge. So yes, well done. so Charm Law is just yep. about to do excellent rollout. But we're as far north as Cooktown in IGA. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, the Cornet store up there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So oh, we'll spread the love far and wide. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so that's well what we hope to achieve. Yeah, good um, on you. Stay with the independent yep. IGA supermarkets. Yep. That's awesome. Um, well, there's I, 1,427 stores right across that's, Australia. That's our big goal yeah. is to get it yeah. in all those stores. <laughs> well, and it's very doable now. You know, if you've got a distributor that can yes. go take your national. And Charm you know, they're a great company and our Queensland family-owned business as well. Yeah. It's awesome to see families working together and family enterprise thriving mm-hmm. and Australian manufacturing, thri- manufacturing yes. thriving. So mm-hmm. it's a great story. And, and, you know, when, you know, they say when you support local, you're supporting, you know, there's so many aspects to how, how that, that flow on impact yes. ripples through communities and families. And it's, mm-hmm. there's nothing not to love about being a locavore, is there? No. Tell us about some of the amazing highlights and maybe some of the awards that some of your dressings have have yeah. has received so we can learn a little bit more about that yes. so we i think in 2019 we entered the australian food awards two of our products won bronze well done the honey rosemary and the sweet chili beautiful flavors congratulations mm. thank you highlights i guess for me on a personal level a highlight for me is that i'm not as stressed anymore mm. i think the restaurant was our one of the bucket lists, yeah. you know, of, of the things that we wanted to achieve and we did that. We did that very well and but it's very stressful. Mm. Uh, but for me personally now I feel mm. sometimes COVID comes in a blessing in disguise, sure. I think, yeah. for, for a lot of us. We do have we did have to pivot yeah. and find out exactly what was mm. what we wanted in the future. Yeah. So Family life is is better. We we don't work nights anymore, which is just lovely to spend time with our children. Yeah, that we actually would be all a big sit down. Yeah. We all sit down together these days and have dinner every night. Every night. It's just yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's that is definitely that's a reward for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, to be able to I remember do that. the first time we all sat down and ate the same meal. You know what it's like when you got kids, and well, for us having kids, and they'd always eat sort of 
kids' food. Yeah. And it was quite simple, and it would always be at 5.30, and that's what time they'd eat, and I'd be chefing, so I'd be cooking till 9 or 10 o'clock every night, and I wouldn't get to see them during the evenings, five or six nights a week, and... When we did get to sit together, we'd hardly ever eat the same mm. food because they'd still be they'd be like, "I want to eat fish fingers or noodles or <laughs> something," and they wouldn't they would not be interested in eating anything else mm. or something that you know a bit more adult and a bit more sophisticated. And obviously, I was full time cooking, and we had our own restaurant right there, mm. so you know I could just go into the fridges and help myself mm. to anything I wanted. So you know, we used to eat really nice food, but. I remember the first time we all sat down and ate the same meal and it was just fish and chips and I think I was tearing up. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. oh that's beautiful, Chris. That's yeah, special moment. That, that's not really like a, a, <laughs> a business goal, but now we get to do that every day. So yeah, it's good. Kids. That's so lovely. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing more important than special moments like that in your life, is there? Nothing else really matters at the end of the day. No, that's yeah. right. What is the thing that is most unique about what you've created? The flavours, the the quality, the product. What's the most, what, what makes your product so unique? I think our product, because Chris is a, a, a chef, our product is to be used on dishes, mm. you know. So we won't create anything that has sort of maybe like fig in it mm. because our product will go on figs, mm. you know. So our philosophy is to make good food great. Mm. So our product will always be drizzled or mm. mixed or cooked in to make a, a dish special. Mm. And I think that's... So it's almost like the unsung, the unsung hero mm, yes. with its own little superpower. Yes. Packs a punch. I like that. Yeah, mm, yeah. Tell me, what what what's the what's the thing that is your motto in life? That maybe is the the mantra to to how you live life and makes Chris Bond who he is. I'd say I'm a bit of a sort of give it a go, yeah, kind of guy, where I might not have a perfect plan for every step of the way but I also believe in what I'm going to do and I step up and give it my best shot mm. so and you know generally see it through as well so I will keep keep going and mm. you know try and get things done yeah. so yeah it's, that's sort of my style of being I'd say is it, I don't know if that's my is that like right? a turtle and hare analogy you know, sometimes, you know, the hare or the rabbit, mm-hmm. you know, they run flat out and you think that they're, they're going to win the race and then they drop off the planet and yes. then the little turtle or the tortoise comes just methodically yeah. plodding along and ends up winning the race. I think over the years we've we've also had to take a step back and, and look at our life and, mm. we you know, that work-life balance yeah. in small business. Yes. And we're starting to achieve that for the probably the very first time, to be honest. That's awesome. Which is great. Yeah, good on you. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. We'll keep going with that. Oh, we will. And Jodie, what's your mantra or your motto or the thing that inspires you? You know, mm. a pivotal moment in your life where you, it, there's been a fundamental shift in your thinking or something that's really just you live your life by. Well, I've always, always remember a quote that 
my dad has always drilled into us kids. I've got a younger brother as well. So if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. Mm. And Chris can tell you that I've, <laughs> I try and drum that into my kids as well, even with, you know, doing the dishes and stuff like that, you know. So <laughs> they do is, half a job. Yes. So it is something that I've always tried to, to achieve. Well, you're a lethal yeah. combination. Yes. And I think both those mantras have, are shining through. And it's very evident that what you're saying and your belief system is having enormous impact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're creating something really special in your sector and and you know what you're producing and but bringing beautiful sunshine into into people's lives and just through many ways you know the joy of eating and creating beautiful dishes in the most delicious way in the most simplest way and so absolute congratulations to you both for what you've already achieved and yes and there's much more to come so and we'll watch watch this this space (laughs) and Jodie's often in store and Chris too doing beautiful taste testings in any one of our stores across the Sunshine Coast and we love having you there and the customers love that interaction engagement as part of our Locavore program thank you for being part of our our story too you know it's a great partnership and and, uh, and we support each other and we'll continue to do that forevermore. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming in, guys. Yes. Thank you. A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA.